the Amateur Mill Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Sinead and Rosie, and we're just trying. Just trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy tests through to school and beyond as we try to untangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average, non-famous mums who live average, non-famous lives. Although if we get famous... We're not complaining, and we want Tui to send us on holiday. <laughs> are you gonna um, Are you gonna change that every week? Yes. And you're gonna surprise me every week. Yes. Of all the people that could send us on holiday, you went with the lowest. Yeah, the lowest. I mean, you know, aim for disappointment. <laughs> Tui, can you just send us to Benidorm for a couple of days, please? Mex- I went to Mexico with Tui. Was it okay? It was great. Ah, oh, Mexico. That's where we're moving to when we get famous, guys, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, the podcast will be hosted from Mexico. Thank you very much. How are you, Sinead? I'm good, thank you, Rosie. How are you? Oh, I mean, I'm pretty tired, um, but I think that's a kind of standard level of feeling for me. Yeah, it's what happens all the time now. I'm always tired. Rosie, can you give me your week in a sentence, and I have written sentence in a week. <laughs> sentence in a week. We keep saying sentence in a week. Yeah, uh, my youngest child, it was mm-hmm. her birthday, she turned two, um, and on her birthday, I had what can only be described as a snow breakdown. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll just give you a lowdown of her birthday. We wake up, Dave goes to work, he only goes into the office twice a week, so he disappears very early, and I'm furious about it most of the time. Um immediately we have presents for Lola Ramona gets upset that she she helps to unwrap the presents but she's helping a bit too much and you're like rein it in mate they're not your presents yeah so she gets upset so she cries for most of the morning refuses to eat her breakfast Lola also refuses to eat most of her breakfast so Ramona goes to school with no food Um, and then it starts very heavily snowing And I take Lola for a walk in the snow with the dog and um, I get quite badly stuck. Any followers of the Instagram (laughs) will have seen this uh, participation in extreme sports. Oh, God. Honestly. On a reel. (laughs) Honestly felt like I was working for the North Face. I felt like I was Jimmy Chin and I was like climbing the, the face of a mountain. And I just... I think most people will relate to this if they've got children. I just, right, so you know when, in any situation in life, so let's say, for example, you go to a club, Yeah. right? You're drinking in a club and it gets a bit overwhelming. Maybe you've taken too much MDMA and you want to tap out. We've all been there. Yeah? You leave the club. Yeah. You can't leave the snow. You can't do that when you've got kids. I was stood there at the top of this hill and I was like, I am done. (laughs) I'm, I'm literally done. It reminded me of when um, I first learned to drive and we bought this like shit Renault Clio for like £400 and Dave took me around an industrial estate in it and I stalled it and I got so angry that I just got out the car. And walked... <laughs> I just got out the car and walked away. I literally just, I was like, no, I'm, I'm out of here. And in that moment on Lola's birthday, that's how I felt. I was like, I'm done. But I couldn't, I couldn't go. I couldn't leave my child in the snow. I couldn't leave the dot. I had to stay and I had to like persevere. So yeah, that's, there you go. That's <laughs> it, I'm done. What's your, um, 
your week in one sentence. Said it right. Thanks. I can. And my week in one sentence is always make sure the car windows are closed before you start running your mouth. Oh. Oh my god. I can't wait for this. So I can't wait. Oh, juicy. Go as on, you know, I recently went to Ireland. Yes. And um, we were very hungover. We've gone to the beach. We've walked that pack of feral dogs up the beach and back down the beach again. We've gone for fish and chips. Sorry, by the way, are the feral dogs, is that a metaphor for the children or no, no, actual no. feral dogs? Actual feral okay. dogs. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've been for fish and chips and we, we decide that we're going to stop for ice cream on the way home. So we've driven a bit out to get our fish and chips and then yeah. we've driven back into the little town to get our ice cream from a place called is it Spoonies. What? I think it's called Spoonies. Actually I called might Spoonies. be wrong. I might be wrong. Um, if it's called Spoonies, then wow. But we went in. We got our lovely ice creams. Really nice, like um, upscale Mr. Whippy, basically. Yeah, and yeah Mine yeah. had like Kinder Sauce and a Happy Hippo. Ugh. So I was very happy. Also, a bit. Did you were a Happy Hippo. I was a Happy Hippo. So <laughs> we get back in the car, and in Irish culture, they play. Uh, Gaelic sports, which okay. I think I, I don't know what the actual acronym, but they have uh, it's like they call it the GAR. So they have uh-huh. um, like clubs. So they play hurling and Gaelic football, and I'm sure there's others as well. But I don't really. Um, Is it just a selection of sports where they throw shit at each other? Yeah, like hit each other with sticks and cool. stuff. But I don't know if you've seen the image of Paul Meskel in a pair of GAR shorts. I think, do you know, I think... He's like strolling maybe... through the, the streets of London. He's got a bag full of cans in one hand, a yeah. cigarette in the other hand. He's got that big Irish head on, on him and he's got these tiny little gar shorts on. Do you know what? Here's, I'm going to say something now and this might end the podcast because we might just get no listeners after I make this statement. Uh-huh. Don't find him attractive. No. <laughs> no. <gasps> Not for me, mate. Oh, I love him. Well, that's good. It means that there's one less woman for you to worry about. Yeah, I, true. I, I'm not <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, I've diverged from the point. Okay, uh, gar shorts are a thing that boys in Ireland wear, and they do tend to be quite short, quite high on the thigh. Okay, sure. Higher, higher on average okay. than English boys' shorts. Okay. So anyway, we're sat in the car. We're eating this ice cream. I'm a bit hungover, potentially still drunk from the night before, and I see these two lads walking towards me. And one of them, his shorts were so short. And I, as they walked past, went, those are the sluttiest shorts I've ever seen on a man. (laughs) And then (laughs) we hear giggling from outside the car. And Adam says to me, Adam is my cousin's boyfriend, shout out to Adam, he's great, says, Sinead, my window was open. Oh, no. And I was like... Oh, oh no. no. Did they so they fully heard? They fully heard, yeah. Now okay. But I am an advocate for more sluttiness in men. Well I just wonder you said that you had some giggling. Was the giggling from the guys? I think so. So I wanna know I uh, we'll never know. We'll never know, which is a very sad thing. But we'll never know whether that giggle was a kind of appreciation of the comment. I personally advocate for more sluttiness in men like yeah i think me too you know the little the little tiny earring oh the tiny ran earring. through oh the tiny earring tiny like five a inch a hoop yeah. oh tiny hoop yeah mm. five inch inseam shorts mm-hmm. i i think like a wife pleaser what's a wife pleaser it's a 
a better way to say wife beater, I think. I find them pleasing. It's like a low, even sluttier if there's chest hair on display. I love it. I don't don't think sluttiness should be the preserve of women only. Sinead, I'm really sorry to say this, but bar the hoop earring, you are describing Jimmy Savile. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as as he said chest hair, I was like, oh no. No, but we need to contextualise this in that... These you don't mean Jimmy Savile. I'm not on Jimmy Savile. They are on an attractive young man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are advocating for sluttiness in attractive men. Yes. Is what we're saying. Yeah, not even attractive young men because I love me a dude. Just attractive men. Yeah, attractive men. So not Jimmy Savile. Yeah, so not Jimmy Savile. Wow. wow, we are three episodes in and we are already talking about nonsense. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, that was great. Can you just, um, for the listeners, explain what we're doing today? Because we had a bit of a... uh, Basically, what we did is we talked too much, didn't we? And then we missed out loads of stuff last week. We always do. Um, We kind of... We were really pleased with our second episode, uh, talking about pregnancy. But we realised we had so much more to say. So much more to say. Like, we missed out... I was like, we didn't even mention midwives. And they are an, an... Essential essential part of pregnancy we didn't we didn't mention babies moving there's loads of stuff that we didn't mention so we thought we'll do a pregnancy part two we're going to be covering all sorts of good stuff um and also quite a lot of bad stuff i've just thought of a really nice way of putting this are you ready go ahead episode three pregnancy part two Uh uh-huh and amateur milf society reveal number one which is the origins of, of the of... Amateur Milf Society. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. So, um, during the very conception of this podcast, yes. I uh, typed manically into a Google document and sent it to Rosie. You did. Upon which I had maybe three or four suggestions for the name. For the name. Mm. And the Amateur Milf Society was something that just kind of spilled out of my brain into the Google Doc. And Rosie said the first thing she replied to me in response was, I can tell you now with absolute, with 100% commitment that it's going to be called the Amateur Milk Society. And therefore, that's what it became. Yeah, yeah. There was no real, there was no more thought to it. It was just like, that sounds fucking ace. Yeah. Yes, please. And then, so we sat down and had like a chat about what we wanted from the podcast, where Mm -hmm. we thought, you know, where we wanted to take it. Mm. And Rosie said... What did I say? Rosie said, wouldn't it be funny oh, yes. if the F in MILF stood for something else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who aren't au fait with, uh, <laughs> with smutty acrim- acronyms. Yes. Uh, MILF stands for Mums I'd Like to Fuck. Yeah. Which um, we are. Which we are, obviously. <laughs> um, but it came to me as though it was a vision. Mm. And I said... What if the F in MILF stood for friend? Mm. I felt so beautiful in that moment. The moment you said that, it was like everything fell into place. And I was like, now I understand why I'm on this planet. (laughs) (laughs) And then I sent quite a frantic voice note to Rosie. The Amateur MILF Society is perfect because we are taking something that was previously used by men to objectify and degrade women. Mm-hmm. Because I think some people would use 
the acronym MILF with affection, but largely, you know, it's a porn category. It's been, you know, designed by men it's, to objectify women. It's also, I think, the, the reason that it's used to objectify women is it's a suggestion that not many mums are attractive. That's what the suggestion is, isn't it? It's yeah. like MILF. It's like, oh, how surprising that an older woman can be attractive. And Not I even want an older woman. Her. It's just like, you can be 19 and be a MILF. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get like, lads would say it at school, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah, And it's like they're, they're like, oh, your the mum's a MILF. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was always, you know, something that men could use to objectify women. Mm. And by changing it to mums I'd like to friend, it reclaims that for us and it allows us to use it in celebration of female friendship which I think is going to be a running theme on this podcast because we have a lot of female friendships and they enable us to parent our children in the way that we do. We are taking the word MILF back from you boys I'm afraid it is ours now it belongs to us. The other hilarious thing that has happened um, since releasing the podcast is that when (laughs) when my partner Dave hello Dave uh, when he looked for our Facebook group. I think he spelt it ever so slightly wrong. And what came up was a series of very questionable Facebook groups uh, that are maybe geared towards the porn category that is milf. (laughs) And he said, oh, oh, you're a bit worried about that because you're like in amongst all of those sorts of things. And I said, that's bloody perfect. We want to be in amongst them. I really love the idea that there's some like... I don't know, dirty old man listening to this podcast now by mistake because <laughs> he thought he was going to get some hot stuff. And what he's actually got is two very tired women complaining about the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and, also, and also not complaining about Paul Meskel. So uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast, dirty, dirty old, old man. man. <laughs> On to the topic at hand, which we're now 17 minutes into the record. We've I done it again. Add. We've done it and again. And we've not spoken about pregnancy at all. No. So, Rosie, quick fire. Did you have any cravings? I did have I did have cravings and I forgot. I'd forgot. I forgot all about that. Are you ready for mine? Yeah. Cold bread. As in bread that was in the fridge? Yes. Particularly, which is is quite apt because I've got one behind me, uh, a Greg's baguette, <laughs> a cold Greg's baguette. It was like, yeah, any kind of soft bread that was chilled was just so appealing to me. So I would just eat like cold baguettes con- so constantly. Yeah, really weird. What about you? Mine were um, Robinson's peach squash oh, with loads of ice. God, grapes. <laughs> Grapes and salt and vinegar crisps. Oh, any kind of salt, salt and vinegar, anything. Mm, And then also, one day en route home from my final NCT class, Mm. I was seized (laughs) by this craving. Seized, as it like it's you stopped dead in the street. Yeah, it must happen immediately. I was like, what I need is it jacket potato. Yes, with butter. Cheese, beans, cheese. Cheese, beans, cheese. Nice. And Worcester sauce on top. Oh, that sounds nice. It was, and it was all I could think about. And we were yeah. driving home and all I was speaking to my mum about was, I just need this jacket potato. Need it. Need and it we got life. home, there was a jacket potato. Mm. There was butter. There was butter. There was cheese, beans, cheese. But there was no, no fucking Worcester sauce. No! 
and I sat on the kitchen floor and cried. <laughs> but that, well, I think that's a really that's a, a really apt thing to say about cravings because I think that's why I forgot about them because it is only in pregnancy and when you're very stoned that you have <laughs> such specific requirements. Yeah. And they're always, they're so so bizarre and unhinged. Can I, right, again, off topic, but I'm going to explain this because for those of you who haven't experienced pregnancy, uh, it's like being stoned for nine Yeah, that might have been stoned in their lives, then it might make more sense. I remember when I lived in Australia and uh, I would often partake in a little bit of the smoky smoke with my housemate and it literally would take we'd have like two drags of a spare yeah, and we'd yeah. be gone but I remember this one evening we were all there was quite a few of us in the house and we all sat around and we all got a bit stoned and we're all sat around chatting and then like you said then like you would this is what made me think of it you were seized yeah. by this this thing that you needed I had exactly the same thing I was sat on the sofa and it struck me dead. I was like, I need this thing right now. And it's like the whole world will ha- end if you absolute, do not have the have thing, to. the specific thing that you want. Do you want to know what the specific thing is? What? What is it, Rosie? <laughs> so in that moment, I stood up and I said, guys, I've, I've got somewhere to be. And I went upstairs. I put my headphones on and got my phone out. Because in that moment, what I really needed was to listen, not watch, listen to the music of each level of Sega Mega Drive Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> of course. Emerald Hill Zone, play. <laughs> Chemical Plant Zone, play. Like, I was... I was In enam- a zone. Yeah, completely yeah. En- enamoured. Enamoured? Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, like, that particular one is exactly how I felt about cold bread when I was pregnant. It was like, this has to happen now, and it's very specific. This is why you cried on the floor, because the Worcester sauce, it had it had to be there. Yeah. It had to be there. I mean, the jacket potato was nice, but it didn't scratch the itch I needed it to scratch. No, exactly. You needed the Worcester sauce there. Yeah. Um, if anyone has got any weird cravings, like please listen- send them in, <laughs> like listening to Sonic the Hedgehog two, um, yeah, please send your cravings in. I find it so know. bizarre when people have cravings of like, I want to eat the inside of sofas. What have you not seen that? No. Some women develop. I think it's called like pika or pika or something like that. So they'll get uh, cravings for inedible food. So Shut up. Some people will get cravings for like, um, like polystyrene or charcoal is a big no. one like eating chunks of coal off the I fire don't, i don't believe you really yeah it's a genuine thing that's um that that would you not be classed as clinically insane for that sort of thing i think being pregnant, I mean, I suppose, yeah being pregnant is that isn't it classifies you as clinically insane but charcoal i can't imagine thinking like the the urgency with which i needed that jacket potato but for the inside of a sofa but for the inside of a sofa <laughs> Fucking hell. Imagine going to your friend's house and just pulling out a Stanley <laughs> and having a snack off the inside of their sofa. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yummy, yummy sofa. Oh, God. That's really weird. If that happened to me, I'd be terrified. That's another thing where it's like something that will happen during pregnancy or having a child where, like, you think you're the only person in the world and you yeah. think there's something, like, drastically wrong with you. Yeah. Why am I eating the inside of my sofa? She says, through a mouthful of the inside of my sofa. 
it's just it's just pregnancy it's just one of those things you've just got to roll with yeah and that's exactly Enjoy what it. a midwife will tell in fact a midwife will probably tell you don't eat the inside <laughs> of your sofa <laughs> don't eat the... oh just stop with the foam babes I said, well that's a good point shall we move on to midwives yes because we didn't mention midwives i'm so sorry any midwives out there we did not mention you in the first part of pregnancy mm-hmm. uh, we were just we were too busy talking about like um rushes and you know and terrified uh, men who may or may not have read the communist communist man- manifesto yeah you can blame those men those yeah. midwives that's <laughs> who you can blame i think they're fully to blame for a lot of things so uh my experience with midwives was understandably quite brief quite a brief yeah yeah you've i met, think you've said hello, hello to a few <laughs> yeah i said hello to a few um they, they were nice yeah that was they're all it, nice basically yeah and uh and then darcy was born okay the, next, no one tells next question you, no one tells you when you're pregnant either that the midwives have to like aggressively finger you oh my god yeah now, okay, this is going to be a topic for um, after birth, Our labor episode. But there's like a six to eight week check, isn't there? Yeah. There's a six to, uh, I mean, you're talking about being fingered before you have the baby. The pre baby fingering. The pre- <laughs> Not when you're 14 <laughs> in a kids' club. Um, no, but, they, but the six to eight week check, which, so I'm just going to give you a little snippet of information for those of you who haven't had children yet. When you've had your baby, there's a six to eight week check with your GP. This is with a GP, actually, which is even yeah. worse. And they My GP tell didn't you, finger me, though. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I might wait then. <laughs> I might wait because yeah, my GP did, and not not in the not in the not in a nice or, way. No, not in the orifice you're thinking of. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Th- this is this is something that we hadn't even written on the list, but the the amount of hands that go up your Vagina, vagina yeah when you have a baby is is because i they always madness. they always ask you like do you mind if i give you a do you mind if inter- i inter- <laughs> is it an internal examination <laughs> and i don't know why but i never it didn't click in my head that an internal examination meant that this woman would be fingering me well sometimes it's like a flounder isn't it because this was there. like the <laughs> This was like the week before Darcy was born. I had a, a midwife appointment and she was like, oh, I just want to check if your cervix is favourable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So favorable. I was like, Is your cervix favourable? I was like, yeah, go wow. ahead. See if my cervix is favourable. <laughs> Do and I then, get marks out of 10? And then the next thing I know, it's, up it's there. like I'm on the firebug sofa at two o'clock on a Saturday morning. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to know... If I don't think we're going to get any callback from this, but I want to know if have you been fingered on the no, firebox sofa? Not, well, yeah, I would like to know that, and also if like it's still trendy for fourteen-year-olds. Oh, do you know what I mean? I don't think we've got that many fourteen-year-old listeners. Well, this is it. We're not going to get a callback, but I'm just wondering if it's still a thing that happens. Anyway, um, yeah, they do. They do a lot of fingering. The midwives. And my my cervix was favourable, so Yay! she was like. I can. You're about a centimetre dilated, so you could drop at any time. So I was like, okay, cool. She was like, would you like me to give you a sweep? Oh, are we talking sweeps? Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know what a sweep was. So I was like, yeah, go ahead. <gasps> and then I, she proceeded to give me the most aggressive fingering of my life. Just so you know, I'm physically shaking in my chair. Um, Yeah, I did know what a sweep was and I still agree to it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I think oh. I'd been told what a sweep was, but I didn't remember. 
I can't, I forgot, I completely forgot about the sweet. This is, I, I genuinely think there are so many traumatic things that have happened. You in just my, block them out. I completely you? block them out. Dave has to remind me of the things that happened. And I'll be like, that definitely didn't happen. He's like, fucking did. Did you, oh, you didn't, did you go in for your sweep? Did you, were you in a doctor's surgery? Yes. Okay, so, usually, just a little bit of a lowdown with midwives, is what often happens is that you see your midwife who, who will come to a GP, they go, they're like in a GP a few times a week, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And you go to see them like every two weeks, I think it is, on the same day, it's usually like every other Friday or whatever. Now, if you choose to try and have a home birth, which is what I did both times, times mm-hmm. round, um your midwives will come to you. Okay. Which is great because you don't have to get out of bed if you're very heavily pregnant. But what is very strange about it, Sinead, now you went into a doctor's surgery, so you are in a kind of surgical... Clinical environment. Clinical environment. She offers to sweep. And you leave feeling slightly humiliated, but also you're in a doctor's setting. I can't imagine being sweeped on my sofa. Well, because you're at home, and especially when I had one with Lola, because I had a child there as well. So I'm at home. Ramona's at home, Dave's at home, they take you upstairs. <laughs> so you're in bed, legs akimbo, <laughs> and they're fing- fingering you whilst your family's downstairs. Quite aggressively, might Quite I add. Ag- <laughs> they aggressively finger you with more than one finger. Yeah. Now, we started this by apologising to midwives for not talking about them and in the last episode. And now we've called them a bunch of raging fingerers. <laughs> They're much more than that. Midwives are incredible. And the fact that they... Well, this is the thing, right? This is a really good kind of metaphor for midwives in general, is that they they do that with such... I know it's aggressive. Such grace. But with <laughs> such grace and care. And they, you know, they are every... So we, we did talk about consent last time, and consent is going to come up a lot. But I feel like midwives really understand consent. Yeah. Every midwife that I had, every single thing. So from... Do you mind if I put the blood pressure cuff on? Do you mind yeah. if I do this? Do you mind if I do that? Yeah. They they kept me informed mm-hmm. every step of the way. They word and... everything properly. They yeah. always remind you that it is your choice, which is, I think, key. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of doctors uh, could probably learn a thing or two from midwives. Absolutely. We'll get into this in the labour episode. Let me tell you. Um, <clears throat> you kind of... They, they are... You might forget that it is your choice because of the things that are going on. Oh, yeah. But a midwife will remind you, would you like me to do this? Are you okay with me doing this? Mm-hmm. It is okay if you choose not to. Yeah. And those words are so important, especially when you're you know, about to be aggressively fingered, <laughs> is to know that you yeah. don't have to do that if you don't want to. Same lesson for men and midwives. Always would, ask for permission. I think midwives need to tell doctors and um, under 20-year-olds in Firebug... Yes. About consent and how to ask if a lady would like something to happen to them or not. I think so too. <laughs> so what we're suggesting is that, you know, as if midwives don't have a more, you know, difficult enough job. They should go and <laughs> hold seminars in secondary <laughs> schools. They need to be parading around the bars <laughs> of Leicestershire. <laughs> ask this woman if she would like to be fingered. <laughs> ask her if it's okay and tell her that it's okay if she chooses not to. Rosie, I've just realised we've been talking fingering for more than 10 minutes That's now. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, I can't... Li- listen, right? I, I I, doubt there is any podcast in the world mm-hmm. that has discussed fingering and sweeps at that length. At that frankly. level of detail. So if you, you know, 
if you're thinking of listening to more podcasts, then you should stick with us. For anyone that doesn't know what a sweep is also, by the way, <laughs> uh, a sweep is not merely an aggressive fingering. It is, I believe it's a membrane sweep. Yeah. It's what it's called. Right. So they basically rub the <laughs> you're making it worse. opening you're of, making your, it worse. <laughs> of your cervix in order to stimulate birth happening, I guess. Well, yeah, essentially. I think it needs to be uh, emphasised here that me and Ro- neither me or Rosie are medical professionals. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, so essentially they're kind of like, well, a, a sweep is kind of them checking what your cervix is doing. So they're seeing how like dilated you are and whether you're ready to go, basically ready to go. But it can also, it's kind of like gets your juices flowing, isn't it? It sounds, it sounds awful, but it is like the same as a fingering. But for, yeah. in terms of childbirth, it's not for pleasure. It's to kind of get the baby to go, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. So I had oh, my yeah. sweep and then I went for a curry and a drive down a bumpy road. And Darcy was born. And then Darcy appeared... Uh, not the next day, but the day after. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Wow. I'm trying to think of any of the like, midwife-related uh, um, stuff that we can say. I mean, all of my midwife experiences have been bloody wonderful. My midwives were all lovely. Uh, I would not be able to identify a single one of them nope. in the street, though. Nope. No, I can't remember names, faces. I think my brain has blocked it all yeah, out because absolutely. I'm like, if I saw this woman in Tesco's and realised that she'd seen my vagina in such gynaecological detail, I, I would simply die on the spot. Uh, yeah, I don't think she remembers us. No. She? Like, we have the same one? No, I don't think they remember. Well, maybe they do. It's funny, because, like, I think what's changed um, is that, like, if you if you speak to a lot of people in older generations, they'll often say, like, oh, I had the same midwife with both my children, or do you know what I mean? Like, they mm. remember midwives, or, oh, it was the same midwife for my auntie, and, you know, they... They yeah. were like the a person that they would see. Yeah, the same like again. I went, and again. Like I'll call the midwife. Yeah, like the, yeah. you'll you see have a midwife, a new woman come in, and they'll be like, "Oh, I remember when I delivered your Susan." Yeah, yeah, exactly, Susan. Yes, exactly. And now it's not like that at all. Although I think at this point we should mention Lester. This is a big shout out to Lester mm-hmm. um, and Lester Hospitals because um, Lester have the biggest dedicated home birth team in the country and I think I know let's give them a clap amazing work because um hopefully other home birth teams are kind of leading by their example because it means that women are able to choose to have a home birth and it is more likely to happen because they have such a big dedicated team for it in most um regions in the country uh you can choose to have a home birth of course but it is not guaranteed because a midwife is essentially coming from a hospital to yeah. deal with your home birth. Whereas in Leicester, there is a group of women who are home birth midwives, which is incredible. Uh, we'll talk about that more another time. But yeah, just well done them. They're amazing. I love them so much. Thank you for aggressively fingering me and making my babies appear. Appear. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> now, are there any other things? Ah, I would like to talk about when you are pregnant and having to go to work yes so what job did you have when you were pregnant I was working at the land registry and um I between finding out I was pregnant and going on because I had to go on like maternal like sick leave basically because I because of this itchy rash and oh, yeah. I just generally wasn't feeling great so mm. I went 
I was only working for about four weeks of the time that I knew okay. I was pregnant. Okay. I'm just, because the reason Maybe I... even less. I don't, honestly, my brain has like blocked this out more or less. Well, this is why I brought it up because um, I was talking to Dave about it and he was like, oh, you should mention the foot rubs. And I was like, what? It's like the foot rubs. Do you not remember me having to give you foot rubs? And I was like, oh shit. So I worked in retail. I worked, I was on a shop floor, stood up until... I think 38 weeks. Oh my God. And I had to wear compression socks to help with my feet, like swelling, swelling and aching. Like it hurt so bad. And Dave had to give me a foot rub every night because I was in so much pain. And not, I'm not, uh, it's not that I'm complaining about standing up. I, well, I am complaining about it because it really hurt. (laughs) But I just think like women in general, like having to work until very late in pregnancy, I imagine if you're in an office sat down it's still very uncomfortable and painful it's going to be really bad on your back it's going to be bad on like your neck being Um, anywhere other than on your sofa or in your bed yeah is uncomfortable in the last month of pregnancy absolutely i think one of the things that i did um and i think it's really sad it is to in order to conserve their maternity leave for when the baby is born to go through all that shit push themselves yeah. to to basically work until the baby drops yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it's really really unfair and yeah. i think there should be much higher protections yeah for working women again it's the same thing we were talking about with like your period and how it's like it doesn't help capitalism for you to care about that sort of thing same with pregnancy it's like you hit a point uh, in your pregnancy where you start nesting which is where you start like uncontrollably crying at baby grows. Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, that's what Smelling nesting is. Baby grows, yeah. Smelling baby grows, crying at baby grows, folding baby grows. So much folding of baby grows. Unfolding and muslins. them, muslins, unfolding them, smelling them again, crying, folding them back up, putting them back in. Maybe changing the drawer that you decide to put them in. That's as far as far as I'm aware. That's what nesting is. Yeah, I'm not a cleaner, so uh, <laughs> I didn't do any of the cleaning. None of the cleaning. Well, yeah, nesting is apparently it's the time where you start to like feel that kind of nurture and you want to start like you you essentially your brain kind of pretend you think you're a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, and you're like get me a nice soft feathery nest to put my baby in. Yeah. Um, five hundred baby grows also, please. Yeah, and five hundred baby grows that I can smell. Um, but like obviously the work life does not count like take that into account at all no so you're like at work grinding whilst all you want to do is cry over baby grows mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it's not good but one of the things i did with lola lola's pregnancy because i had as you will find out in the labor episode i had a lot of problems birthing ramona and one of the reasons for that or the reason for that is that she was back to back so one of the things that i did which was kind of suggested to me was that i saw an osteopath throughout most of lola's pregnancy now I can't fully tell you what osteopathy is because to me it's again it's witchcraft you basically go and lie down which is nice because you get to lie down for an hour in peace but then someone just like presses bits of your body it's not like a massage at all it's like they just hold bit like literally if someone was to like poke you but then just keep you keep their finger there oh really weird but lovely I mean gorgeous um but it's all about like the alignment of your body and it was amazing. So I would, if it's expensive, but um, I would recommend osteopathy to anybody in pregnancy. Mm. And it really genuinely 
helped, I think it really helped in the, the birth process for Lola because it meant that she was in the right position because my body was in the right position. Which definitely makes it a lot easier. And I think a lot of, I think, I think, I don't know if this is scientifically true, but I'm fairly convinced that the reason there are so many back-to-back births now is because our postures are all fucked because we're all sat. A little prawns. I was told by my uh, midwife, actually, that because I'm particularly tall, Mm. I'm five foot 11 for reference, so much taller than the average woman, that it made um, birth easier for me. And pregnancy easier for me because I think probably the reason why I didn't show for so long is because I have so much more torso to store a baby in. Yeah, loads of space for that baba. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My one of the consultants that I saw um, told me that I had the optimal body for giving birth or something along those lines. Some of the words that they use. What did you say earlier she said when she was about to give you a sweep to see if your cervix was favourable? Favourable. Optimal. All of these words are like, oh, they're just horrible, aren't they? They need to change them to It's like they're rating how good you are at being able to carry and birth children. They may as well. They may as well like go, okay, I'm going to stick my fingers up your vagina now. Mm, Six out of ten. You're tall. You've got wide hips. And you're young, so your birth will be fine, basically, is what he said to me. That's that's like something a doctor would say in Pride and Prejudice, I feel. Yeah. I'm 27 years <laughs> old. <laughs> I'm a burden to my family. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, movements, mate. Movements. The moving of the baby. The most Such alien thing. a weird feeling. Very strange. So strange. And I think... A lot of people, I, I mean, I think it depends on your personal preference, but I personally found it incredibly unsettling. I think when it gets towards the end and it's like you can genuinely see limbs yeah. stretching your skin. Yeah, it's gross. It is really gross. Really gross. What I, more so than the limbs stretching my skin, which was weird enough, but I... At about half nine every single morning, mm. Darcy would get hiccups. Oh, the hiccups. They're quite cute. Inside my belly. Yeah, and that yeah. was really cute. Yeah. And after she was born, at 9.30 every morning, she had hiccups for about 15 really? minutes. Yes. This went on for about three weeks. Wow. It's... And then she'd kick me in the vagina. Yeah. They literally like trying to punch their way out of you, aren't they? Yeah. It's really disgusting. It's heavy. It is really heavy. But um, on the same hand it's like I would I because I worried so much I would worry that like there wasn't because they they say don't they if you're worried about movements you should go in because mm. obviously if your baby stops moving that's quite terrifying so all of those movements however icky they are they're always like a constant reminder that it's like it's okay yeah it's okay there yeah. were moments when they like you could see her like scraping her elbow through the center of my stomach and you just think I had one particular moment where because when I found out I was pregnant, she was transverse, so side to side. Oh, mate. She was also back That's, to back. So just for the listeners who don't know what that means, she was basically planking in your stomach. Yeah, she was yeah. also back to back. So her face, <laughs> is, her face was like facing outwards of my belly and she her head was under my right ribs. So she was Alan Partridge posing. Yeah, and her feet were like down like near my left hip bones. Yeah, wow. That's... <sighs> And then wow. one day, I felt her barrel roll. <laughs> so she was like, so then she was like back to my belly, which is mm. the position she should be in. 
immediately after she went upside down. So she thought, like, she and went. You felt all of that happen. And I felt in one it all movement. happen in the space of about a minute. And it was the most disgusting feeling Ugh. I have ever felt. It's horrible. It felt like all of my guts had just been rearranged. Mm. Well, your guts have been rearranged. Yeah, That's I was quite, like, yeah. oh. I would recommend as well for anybody who hasn't seen this, regardless of whether you've been pregnant or had kids, but there is a video that shows, it's like an animated video that shows what happens to a woman's organs as a baby grows inside their stomach. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And it's like... It's fucked. It is fucked. It's like, could you be any less of a human Yeah. when your baby is You're literally just an incubator. For this parasite that's residing it inside you. It looks like you. you're watching it and you're like, surely my stomach can't be that small. Like, surely I've done... What? Wow, it's almost as if they're kicking me in the heart. That's how much <laughs> they're up. My, yeah, because I remember my lung capacity being about, like... I, I could breathe yeah. in, like... Oh, by the way, you might get short of breath in later pregnancy because they're pushing against your fucking diaphragm. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know. I come I know. on. What else did we want to talk about? I think... Quickly. (laughs) I think this is a good time to chat about capitalism and pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a good time to talk about capitalism. Let's just, let's just, let's do the tick list. We've got fingering midwives. We've got Paul Meskell, Jimmy Savile. Capitalism, let's go. So as soon as I found out I was pregnant, Mm. I noticed almost immediately the vast majority of my targeted ads and the content that was being pushed at me by social media apps was all baby related and not like Mm. here's advice about being pregnant it was like buy this thing or your baby will die yeah 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 Yeah. this just reminded me of a very beautiful moment um which (laughs) isn't capitalism at all but i have to tell it otherwise i'll forget um because i just thought then about the targeted ads for like really fucking expensive prams Yes. You do not need an expensive pram. I'm going to no. say it with a clap. You do not need an expensive pram. You don't need it. Um, but they try and sell you these things for like a thousand pounds and be like, oh, this this capsule pod pushchair will keep your baby safe. Let me tell you, I'm going to post a picture onto our Instagram page of the pushchair that my, I think it was my nephew is being pushed in in a photo I saw very recently. So we're talking like mid 90s, mm-hmm. not that long ago. It looks like a shopping trolley. <laughs> honestly it's it's insane so they're trying to sell you these things that are like you know rose gold usually yeah rose gold and black um over or 600 pounds cream cream and latte, yeah, yeah, yeah. cream and latte, latte yeah it'll be like a latte color that you know is gonna be shit color within weeks disgusting yeah um and it's just reminded me so um when ramona was very tiny i went into john lewis because they had a re- they have a really good cafe and a good like feeding area yeah um but I the pram great baby changing toilet great as baby well. check great baby changing facilities. I mean that's the only shout out to John Lewis bath shit off of my child best in, the, in the sinks in John Lewis best changing. place to do it. I yeah, would, I'd be their baby yeah. bath size sinks. I'd prefer to be there than my own home. Frankly, it was that day. Do you remember when we went to the baby comedy and I was really late because Darcy had shit all over herself and I had to run through town with Darcy wrapped in a. a muslin toga <laughs> to buy her an outfit from Primark and then we went for dinner in the Lansdowne after I don't think or I was lunch. There. I'm, no, I'm sure you were was I? well I've yeah. blocked that out and 
Darcy then I went to change her and she weed all over herself so Beth had to lend me a baby grow of Thea's wow. because this was the one day I hadn't packed any spare clothes. Of course, of course it was. Of course it was, little shit. Yeah, I went. I was in John Lewis with Ramona and I had my pushchair with me. The pushchair which I got for free, by the way, um, because I do not adhere to capitalism. Um, and honestly, you could put this in a sketch. This is It was so Alan Partridge. You, it was unbelievable, right? I was just walking. I think I must have come out of the changing room, right? Mm-hmm. And I was walking along and there's a guy there. I hope he's still there because he's amazing. There's a guy who works in the pushchair section. The pushchair department. And I'd stopped for some reason. And I kid you not, this man came over to me, like sidled up to me and he went, ah, so you've got the Casato. How are you getting on with it? <laughs> like it was a fucking car. <laughs> How are you getting on with the Casato? How are you finding the uh, steering? How are you finding the brakes? Like, literally talking to me like it was a car. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was but like... it does mm. feel like a car. It feels like a, an imp- such an... Imp- I remember buying my pushchair. Felt like such an important purchase. Yeah. And I got a really good deal on mine. I paid £500, which at the time, I think oh, was the bastard. most money I'd ever paid Spent for on any one thing. Yeah. And it was like the... The carry cart, the push chair seat, mm. the wheels, and the car seat. And it the came with wheels. It came, Bloody hell. So it came with everything. and But it was down from like a thousand pounds because the next version had just been released. Yeah, sure. I have a lot of feelings about push chairs. We should do an episode on push chairs. We should do an episode on push chairs. We, we might do an episode on push chairs. But yeah, I'll let you know how I got on with the Casato. I had a wonderful <laughs> Mamas and Papas Armadillo Flip XT. It's madness. I know, yeah. I was always really jealous of anyone that I saw with the egg. The egg, yeah. I thought could, the egg yeah. was so cute. Uh, hopefully by the time, if we have a, the, more ch- oh, I'm not having more children. Hopefully, let me rephrase that. Hopefully, um, by the time that Sinead has another child, um, <laughs> we'll be influencers and you'll be able to afford an egg. Yeah, I'll, I'll be having the egg. You'll have a Jeep and an egg. A Jeep and an egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we As if we've just spoken about pushchairs for ages. Oh no, we were talking about capitalism. Yes. So capitalism, pushchairs, same thing. As soon as you find out you're pregnant, they're like, you need all these things. Buy this shit. Mm. There's lists and lists and lists of things that you need to buy for your baby. Yeah. You don't need to buy half this shit. You don't. And and the vast majority of it, you shouldn't. Don't buy it new. Buy it on Facebook Marketplace. Buy it secondhand, mate. Definitely. I learned that lesson the hard way, because I bought loads of shit Mm. because it's like. If your baby doesn't have a Sophie the Giraffe. Oh my God, Sophie the Giraffe. Oh, that Sophie. If your baby doesn't have Sophie the Giraffe, <sighs> then your baby will be the uncoolest baby at I'm, the baby group. I'm going to tell you something, Sinead. So Sophie the Giraffe, for those who don't know, is essentially a rubber toy. Giraffe. That's supposed to be the best teething apparatus. It's a, it's a piece of rubber. Yeah, but have you seen the videos where people cut their baby Sophie's open and they're full of mould? oh no it's disgusting like riddled with mold okay well it's funny that we're talking about capitalism because that explains it very well doesn't it yeah buy this sophie toy for a tenner and it'll probably kill your kid oh my god i bought my sophie the giraffe from a car boot sale for 20p darcy never had a sophie the giraffe (laughs) yes she's a trailblazer because i was like i can't pay 15 pounds for a rubber giraffe it's ridiculous i'm just gonna give my child her own fists to chew on <laughs> yeah, like normal yeah like a normal baby yeah i think um that's a yeah it's it's really annoying because you feel like you ha- you really do feel 
vulnerable enough and pressured. You do. And And judged. And like this, I think this will come up again when we talk about having just had our babies Mm. and being in that postpartum stage. Because I think when you have been up and awake for what feels like (laughs) weeks and days, it... You will buy anything on Amazon to buy yourself some peace. Yeah, you do. And none of it works. None of it works. None of it works. And people say babies are so expensive. Babies aren't expensive. No, babies are... The fear babies are is so cheap. Yeah. The fear is expensive. I was re- I've, I've always been quite thrifty. I was bought up on car boot sales. And so I refused. I mean, I did buy new stuff. Of course I did. Because I was, you know, judged and felt judged. Um, but we got our push chair for free... We got our car seat from a mate secondhand. We got what else do babies need? Yeah, I was I got loads of free clothes. Off, I got loads of free clothes, which is really useful. And actually, I think it's the best way to get. Is it more environmentally friendly? And also, mm-hmm. like, it's such a joy when someone someone gives you a bag of baby clothes. Yeah, what a beautiful moment. And I can attest to this because I got a lot of um, Darcy's hand me downs, didn't I? Yeah, and you still continue to. I still continue to dress my second child in some of Darcy's second-hand clothes. And every time uh, Rosie comes to my house, she nearly always leaves with a bag full of clothes. clothes. It's such a joy. It makes us so happy. It's a happy day in our house when Rosie's been to Chanel's house. (laughs) Always a happy day. Yeah, for anyone who is pregnant or thinking about being pregnant, do not buy into the capitalist idea that your baby needs all of this stuff. Babies have been being born since the the dawn, dawn of, time. of time and let me tell you those cave babies did not have sophie the giraffe they did not they have did, sophie the giraffe they did not have egg push chairs <laughs> to wrap this up we can talk about because we meant to mention this in the last episode but the horrible gestational diabetes test oh okay I believe that the medical terminology is the glucose tolerance test. The glucose tolerance test. Now, so um, they make you go in starved. So, but right, so not everyone gets this. That's why we no. want to talk about this because it's one of those things that not everyone has to do. But if you are on the list of people that might have to have it, you don't have to. And if you do have to go and get it, or if you choose to, it's horrible. Yeah, it's really horrible. So I had to have the diabetes test because my it's my brother's fault. It's my brother's fault. Um, he has got type 1 diabetes. So I'll forgive him because he has got type 1. Yeah, he was born um, with it. He, yes. Uh, so he's got type 1, which meant because it's in the family, I had to go. In, and I had no idea. They're like, we're going to, we'll just send you in for a di- diabetes test. We'll just send you in. They tell you nothing. And all you have to know is that you're not allowed to eat or drink beforehand. So you mm-hmm. have to go in with nothing. You're pregnant. You're yeah. like mid pregnancy. You're not allowed to eat or drink. You go in for a blood test. That's the first thing that happens is they stick a needle in your arm and take a load of blood. And then what do they do? Make you drink the world's most disgusting drink. My mum had it when she was pregnant with me and she got to take her own original LucasAid and drink the LucasAid. And I got piss water. I was going to say piss juice. Yeah. So you have to go in pregnant, starved, blood test, piss juice. And then... Another blood test. No, no, no. You're messing up the worst bit. You have to sit in the doctors for two hours. Yes, for two hours. Oh, yes. Yeah. You have to sit in the doctors. You're not allowed to leave. So you have to sit in a hot doctor's waiting room Mm -hmm. for two hours. Pregnant. Pregnant. Starved. Starved. 
You have to wait. Full of piss juice. Full of piss juice that makes your insulin levels spike to the max and then they drop. I thought it I made was going to go. so sick. I was so unwell. I was so unwell. I thought I'd sit and read a book and I couldn't even read a sentence because it made me feel so sick. I had to go home and lie down for the rest of the day. Oh, it was awful. I had to go and stand outside for a bit. I was like, can I at least leave the premises? Like, can I just stand outside like with the, with the smokers just Please. so I can get some air to my face? It was awful. And, like, you're surrounded by poorly people. Mm-hmm. And you just feel I, horrible. And then I, when I'd done the two hours and I got called back in for the blood test, you have a second blood test. Yeah. He was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, I feel like absolute dog shit. And he was like, well, that's a good thing. That means it's probably worked. And I was like, thanks, mate. Great, thank you. I had to have mine because I am fat. Oh, come off it. Yeah, so it's... they were like, your BMI is worrying. Which I think BMI oh, is its own even, thing. Don't even get me started on BMI. So they basically, and also they didn't have a record of what my weight was before I was pregnant. So they are basing my obese BMI off of the fact that I have, have a, a child almost you. fully grown <laughs> child in my belly. And they're like, oh, well, we think that, you know, you're too fat. So you have to have a gestational diabetes test i was like okay and luckily enough i didn't have gestational diabetes yeah but i think this is a good time to just acknowledge that we are discussing our experiences Mm. aren't we and we're both um coming from a relative place of privilege as yes white women mostly Mm able-bodied straight presenting Mm -hmm. um like working to middle class women we are aware that there are people out there who have vastly different experiences of mm. pregnancy to us so yeah um queer people disabled people people of color fat people they experience pregnancy in a completely different way and we do have plans in the future to invite people onto the show to discuss their experiences and yeah. share what their experiences are because obviously we can't speak for every single pregnant person we are uh privileged white women complaining yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Pretty much. Uh, but no, the reason we're bringing that up is because it just illustrates how broken some of the systems are, just in general, just in life yeah. in general, because, um, you know, we're complaining, my God, how tough other people must have it yeah, compared to us. definitely. And those people aren't usually the types of people that are able to have their voices heard. Exactly. So we yeah. want to be able to use this podcast as a platform mm-hmm. for other people to share their experiences yeah. as well and if, if we're if we're complaining about it then other people are going to be able to they have the, r- the right to complain even more absolutely yeah should we do the new segment uh so we've decided we're going to introduce a new segment podcast called hot chicks talk politics whoop, whoop. Uh, in which we will discuss a motherhood related political or current affairs issue Mm -hmm. that has been in the news recently and we will rip it to pieces yes (laughs) um so this week i want to talk about the news story uh, that went out i believe it was last week about certain hospitals in the uk suspending their use of gas and air during labor Um, Uh... they as uh to mitigate risk to midwives from being surrounded by the Mm nitrous oxide fumes from the gas and air essentially gas and air if you don't know is used by women during labor laughing gas is Mm. also called and most hospitals have it piped in and i believe i gave birth in the lesser royal infirmary yes did you with ramona yeah Yeah. um it's piped in in there Mm -hmm. but in hospitals that don't have it piped in it has to come from 
like cylinders cylinders gas, yeah. gas cylinders yeah which leave and... more of the fumes in the air which was affecting the staff which i completely understand how is it affecting them do you know it just says that they've been prolonged exposure to the nitrous oxide gases that are left in the air can be harmful i wonder what i wonder what the kind of negative impact so that right so they found this out so they found this out and they basically said you're not allowed gas and air anymore so instead of coming up with a solution that allowed women to have their rightful rightful alleviation of the pain yes um and understandably you know the staff need to be protective Mm. protected if it's unsafe for the staff Mm -hmm. obviously they shouldn't be using it exposed to it but there has to be another there has to be a contingency a contingency plan yeah let's pipe in gas and air now right now let's pipe that gas and air in because this can't have been something that you know only became apparent now this has mm. to be has to have been something People that knew was about it, right? happening for for a long time and and to just decide to take that option away from women because this is giving in the UK which is supposed to be we're meant to have one of the best uh, like health services in the world which we do we're very grateful for the we NHS do. yes but to be denied to a be... very very basic piece of pain relief is ridiculous it's shocking yeah absolutely shocking and especially because there were women that have had birth plans that are contingent on having Mm -hmm. access to gas and air Mm -hmm. just to have that taken away from them there were women in the article that i read that were saying i've i'm having to reevaluate everything that i want from my birth and everything that i'd planned for my birth i'm having to change because i don't have access to something that I thought I was going to have access to. Yeah. There was also, I don't know, I've not seen any articles recently about it, but quite quite recently, um, some women in some in some hospitals weren't allowed to get epidurals because there was a production shortage on the syringe that the drugs come in. Epidurals, basically, like, they kind of paralyse you from the hips down, don't they? Yeah. Which means you don't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an integral part of, of birth birthing now yeah um and it's not it's an option in you know we're in a developed country where your human rights are you can choose whatever you want and for that to be taken away from you and gas and air to be taken away from you is absolutely horrific and it just shows the lack of thought that the government has Mm. for women yes because they just think they think oh we can just take this away for a bit and it will be fine we sort it and it's, it's not, not okay. fine. It's not okay at all. Especially for women in such a vul- vulnerable state. Like yeah. being being a pregnant woman yeah. or being a pregnant person uh-huh. is inherently a, a vulnerable state to be in. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the lack of thought that there is for pregnant women, I have a lot of feelings about this. This is going to continue, isn't it? Because I do think that women shouldn't have to work in their third trimester. No. I think women should be paid for their whole third trimester and not have to go to work. Makes me very, very angry. Well, yeah, there there you go. Hot chicks have just taught politics and what we think of the politics are, they are fucking shit. Fucking shit is our evaluation. (laughs) So, Rosie, what are you eat, pray, loving this week? Love it. I am eat, pray, loving Gary Lineker! Yes, Gary Lineker. Um, Surely you all know why I love Gary Lineker this week. Because he loves crisps and hates Tories. Yes! 
Gary Lineker, what an absolute Leicester legend, who decided, well, he put a tweet out, didn't he, about how absolutely ridiculous that our current... Oh, I can't even speak, I'm so angry. <laughs> Rosie is so incensed so right enraged. now that she's shaking. I'm so enraged. I just... Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Seeking asylum is not a crime. Okay. Agreed. Can you just... I, I know it's my love. My love is Gary Lineker. Can you just break it down? Because I'm so angry I can't even speak. So uh, Gary Lineker uh, made a tweet about how the government's treatment of asylum seekers is wrong, basically. Mm-hmm. And the BBC attempted to sack him or suspend no, him. No, they from... said they were going to suspend him because he wasn't allowed to have bias Oh yeah, for um on Twitter. What's the word that I'm looking for? I don't know. Impartiality. You... That's it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not Gary Lineker's job to be impartial. It's the no. BBC's job to be impartial. And they are not. They so are the BBC. By the Tories. The, well, the BBC, in the very act of telling Ga- Gary. Gary, <laughs> you're obsessed, mate. You're obsessed. Jimmy Savile, Gary, Gary Glitter. Come on. So, in the very act of telling Gary Lineker that he couldn't have the tweet that he tweeted... Yeah, it's basically his opinion. ...is impartial, because mm. they're saying, you know... Abs- honestly. We think honestly. the government is right. Also, fuck asylum seekers. Yeah. yeah, essentially. They threatened to suspend him. He had to take the tweet back. That's what it was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was like, you've got to take the tweet back, or we'll suspend you. And he went, fuck you, I'm not doing much of the day. And then they were like... And then everyone else was like, fuck you, I'm not doing much of the day. Everyone. Oh, it was so lovely. I love an act of worker solidarity. Every, Every hour it was like a new presenter. And it was like, oh, it was so good. It was such a beautiful moment. And then, and then what happened, Sinead? What happened? They took it all back, didn't they? Of course they did. They apologised to Gary Lineker and they've allowed him to continue. And I think what is so unbelievable about this is that it's taken football commentators, like it just blows my mind... That that's what it's taken for people to be like, oh, actually, no, that's quite bad, isn't it? Yeah. Also, David Attenborough, have you heard about that? David Attenborough... Yeah, they aren't airing his They're new... boycotting one of his episodes of his new series, Wild Isles, <gasps> because they're worried about what... Because he's so frank about what we're doing to the world in this country, they're worried that it might upset the Tory party, oh, essentially. Me. It was leaked into The Guardian. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so for them to say that to Gary Lineker, and basically, like, you have to be impartial... But also, it's totally okay for on one of their programs for Jeremy Clarkson to say that strikers should be shot. Yeah. So what? Oh, oh uh, uh, don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah. So that's my love of the week. Um, and the milfs love crisps and hate Tories. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. What's your eat pray love of the week? My eat pray love of the week is chip shop chips. Love. Yeah. So we have in our house every week. Um, I am in charge of the cooking in our house. Nice. And every week, one of the days, we have like an oven dinner. So it would mm. be like fish fingers and chips or chicken nuggets and chips or mm. something and chips. And we realised that it's the same price for a cone of chips from... Well, it's actually half the price for a cone mm. of chips from our chip shop yeah. than a bag of like oven chips. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have decided... To stop buying oven stop chips. Stop the oven chips. quite shit. Yeah. And if we're having our weekly oven tea, it's such a nice, like, such a simple luxury uh. to just unwrap that vinegary, salty, mm. wet bag, wet, wet yeah. paper yeah. parcel of yeah. chips and have them with, with your dinner. It's just makes me feel nostalgic 
I love chip shop chips. Can you tell me um, what do you, what's your like go-to with a chip? I know you might be having something from home, but if you're going to the chip shop, are you having fish? Are you having sausage? Are you having pie? Ooh. We usually will order as a family, so we'll order a big fish mm. and like a couple of sausages. Yeah. So I'll have like half, sausage? half a fish and half a battered oh, sausage yeah, mate. and chips yeah. and curry sauce. Curry sauce, yeah, I was going to say. Bloody love a curry sauce. If I'm having chips. just chips though, I like gravy. Oh, interesting. Do you know what? Chip shops are not getting enough shout outs at the minute, are they? Because no. there's so much going on with like, you know, like, I don't want to say the name, but you know, like Just Eat and those lot and the takeaway kind of thing. And that kind of chip shop, um, the chip shop days are kind of gone a little bit, aren't they? Chip shop days will never be gone. Well, they'll never be gone, but they're not spoke about enough, are they? No, they're not. Chip shop, chip shop chips are one of life's simplest, but most lovely pleasures. But chip shops is like... We're in a generation now where we're just not proud to be British because it's fucked. So it's a piss land. Piss land, yeah. <laughs> Chip shops are one of the very few things... British institutions. ...that I can be proud of. Yeah. Chip shops and bake-off. Oh, joy. What joy. Um, what are you live-laugh-loathing this week, Rosie? Live-laugh-loathing. Are you ready for this? Bin men. <laughs> Bin men are the scourge of... A pushchair wheel wielding human. Are I'm they not? Inclined to agree with are you. Are they there. not? Yeah. Because, right, I know they've got a job to do. They're wonderful. They were classed as key workers during the plague, weren't they? Yes, they, they were. were. But can I can I just please, bin men, please? I know you're doing your job really quickly because you've got loads of bins to get through, but can you just put your bins like a little bit closer to people's drives? <laughs> because I'm so fucking sick of having to put my pushchair down a massive curb, nearly get run over, and then push it back up another curb because of the bin in a way. And on a particularly windy day, when those bins have been knocked over, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's like an obstacle course. It's li- Honestly, when I'm out on bin day with Lola and the pushchair and the dog, it's like Taikishi's Castle. <laughs> I'm an absolute state. And just please, can you just roll them like a few centimetres closer to people's just drives? Bit. Just, just a, a tiny bit. Because they, they basically hurl them onto the pavement. <laughs> and I'm there like, come on, man. I've got things to do. But also, well done, bin men, for being wonderful. <laughs> but yes, that is my live, laugh, loathe. What's yours? International Women's Day. <laughs> what? Like, okay, right. So, you've mentioned Jimmy Savile. Yeah. You've mentioned Gary Glitter. And now you're hating on International Women's Day. What's happened to you? Where have you gone? So, the reason why my loathe of the week is International Women's Day is because I don't believe that pastel pink capitalism <laughs> is the correct way to, cor- to, to celebrate women. Yeah, no, you're... Tr- it's no, you're not right. like, oh, buy these pink wine glasses mm. or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, you should use International Women's Day as a day to message all your friends and tell them how cool and great you think they are. Or go out and protest some shit. Yeah, not just have it as an excuse for people to market more things to you. I'm it's, sick and tired of being marketed it's to. It's like they've gone, oh, it's, the pa- it's like there's the, there's the panel, isn't there, at the top of the world... It's like the big power panel. Yeah. And it's like about 10, I'm going to say 10 white men in their 70s. Yeah. Wearing suits. Yeah. They're in charge of everything, right? Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, by the way. And I'm also Jeff talking... Bezos. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I'm not talking Illuminati, right? I'm just, this is metaphorical, right? So there's the big men at the top and mm-hmm. they've gone, all right, they want their Women's Day. Fine. They have been treated pretty badly throughout the past. We used to burn them for being witches. Fine. Let's give them a day. And then they've gone, right, what should we do? And then they've got their phones out. They've gone, women, girls, what do women like? And it's like they've seen Mean Girls and the burn book. 
and they've gone on Wednesdays we wear pink and they've gone that let's do that and we've all gone oh I suppose it'll fucking do yeah and I'm just so sick of people posting all these celebratory posts on International mm. Women's Day when there are so many things Inspirational in the quotes. world that are shit for women yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's only becoming a worse place for yeah. women it's but yeah yeah, they're going, oh, women empowering women. Oh, how about police officers rape and kill women? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, it's all, it's kind of on the same par as um s putting um, rainbow flags on their sandwiches and calling it an LD, LGBTQ sandwich. LGBLT. LG, L, was that what it was? I think it was, was it yeah. the LGBT? What? LGBT. How dare they? I do think it's how quite funny though. How dare they? I mean, it's it is pretty funny, but also how dare they? Yeah. How oh, dare they? Cry. Okay. Yeah. You've you've turned me. Yeah. You've turned me. Yeah. So uh, that's it for today. That's, you think pregnancy chat is over? We've been pregnant. We've done the pregnancy bit. So next week we're going to talk about NCT. If you don't know what it is, then you'll find out next week. You, you don't will. have to listen. It's very it is exciting. It's a mainstay of the British pregnancy experience. It is a British institution, very much like the chip shop. So if you like the chip shop chat, then you're going to want to watch. Watch? You're going to want to watch? Watch gonna out? You're going to want to watch out. <laughs> then you're going to want to listen to our NCT chat next week. So we have been the Amateur Milf Society, haven't we? <laughs> we have. Yes, we have. We've tried. We've tried our best. We have tried our best. Um. Please, we would really love it if you followed us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, at Amateur Milf Society. Or on Twitter at Amateur Milf Sock, S-O-C. We really would. We need those followers because we need you to listen to us so we can continue doing it. Please, please, please. I we need somebody to listen to us. Anybody. Just because God anybody. only knows our children don't listen to us. No, they do not. Also, just one final thought. <laughs> one final thought. If you can... Leave us a message in the DMs. Let us know what you think. Slide in. Know what you want us to discuss. I tell you what, I've got. I've thought of something very good here. You ready for this? Yeah. Much like a midwife giving a sweep. <laughs> how about you slide into our DMs <laughs> and just ask us some shit or give us some information about your experiences, please? Yeah. Or let us know what you want us to talk about. Mm. Anything you want to hear from us. Mm-hmm. And. Um, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a rate. Yeah. Preferably us... a five out of five. Yes, please. Stars. Shout out to Mrs. LH. Was it LHJ? LHCJ? LHCJ. I we don't know who it is. We're, we don't know who it is, but we're very grateful for your review. What a beautiful review. It was gorgeous. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We're very grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Shall we go now? Let's go now. Bye. Bye. Bye.